Hi everyone and welcome to eTalma 2.0. We're going to start today at the very top of 10A in Moed Katan, Yod Ahmed Aleph. And we're going to try to actually do two Amudim, so a full daf today, two, two pages, a one double-sided page. So uh, let us begin. All right, so as I said, the very top of 10a, the first words. Hahediot Tofer Kedarko, we're quoting the Mishnah that said that somebody that's an unskilled person, they can sow in their usual manner on Chol Hamoid. Hechidami Hediot, so what is this? Is an example of somebody that's an unskilled person when it comes to sowing? Amri de Verabiane, they said, um, those that were part of the Academy of Rabbiana, they said, It's a reference to whoever cannot draw a needle, full, a needle full of stitches at one time, meaning they have to do one stitch at a time instead of getting all the yarn or thread around the needle and then being able to do many stitches at once. Um, if you understand sewing, you may understand that. Rabbi Yosef Barachanina says, Um... <coughs> It's a reference to whoever is unable to make an even hem on the bottom of their tunic. All right, next part of the Mishnah said, A skilled person can be machaliv. They can do that type of sewing. So what does this mean? My machaliv, what does machaliv mean? It's making very wide stitches. Um, or... The other explanation is Rabbi Shmuel. Rabbi Shmuel says, Shine Kabasa. It's stitches that are more similar to the teeth of a dog. All right, the Mishnah says, Misarginus Amitos. Uh, the Mishnah said that on Chol Hamoid you can interlace the support for beds. Um, and now, and then we also had said in the Mishnah that Rabbi Yossi says that you can even tighten the bed supports on Cholamoid, or that you can also tighten the bed supports on Cholamoid. Now we're going to try to understand what interlacing and tightening means. My misargin, my mematchin. What does it mean, misargin, and what does it mean, mematchin? What does interlacing and tightening really mean? Kios Ravdimi, Omar, Rabbi Ravdimi came to Babylonia, he said, disagreed about this. Both of them were saying their views in the name of Chizkia and Rabbi Yochanan. One of them said, Misargin is weaving the ropes of the bed lengthwise and crosswise. And Mimachtin means to to um to weave the ropes the ropes of the bed lengthwise but not crosswise the chad omar and the other one says misargin shesi blow air of misargin is to do it lengthwise but not crosswise that if the ropes of the bed were woven on the bed before the festival and they become loosened then they can be tightened on the festival and the gemara says ini is this true so according to one of the explanations we just said Misargin means to place the ropes crosswise only, or really lengthwise only. Um, and we're going to ask, is this really true? Um, right, we had one explanation that says that you're only allowed, that misargin means to place the ropes just one way. Um, but if you would do it both ways, it would be forbidden. That you're not allowed to twist new ropes during Cholamoid. Now, all is well according to the one who says that Misargin means 
to weave the ropes of the bed both lengthwise and crosswise. Umimadchen means to place the ropes of the bed just one way, lengthwise without crosswise. This then makes sense. What Tachliva Barshal is explaining to us that that they agree that you cannot twist new ropes um, during during Chol because what he would be informing us is that although um, they would allow one of them would allow new ropes to be placed both lengthwise and crosswise, you still are not allowed to twist new ropes on Chol But according to the one who says. That masarga means to put the ropes of the bed lengthwise without being crosswise. Imamadchen means shim that if the ropes got loosened, then you can tighten it. If we're saying that you're not allowed to put the ropes crosswise and lengthwise, then do we really need to say that you can't make new ropes, twist new ropes on chalamoid? That obviously not. Obviously, that's going if you can't do ropes lengthwise and crosswise, you certainly can't make new ropes. So Kasha, that's a very good question, which would then lead us seemingly to have to redefine, according to this opinion, what Mesarginim and Matchem means. Is there really anyone who says that Mesargin means putting the ropes of the bed lengthwise without crosswise? The Hatanam, but didn't we learn in the Mishnah, in a Mishnah in Kalim, Rabbi Mer Omer, Rabbi Mer says, Hamita Misha Yisrog Bashlo Shabbatin. We say a bed is considered a finished utensil, which would then mean that it's susceptible to ritual impurity. Only a finished utensil is susceptible to ritual impurity. And when is that? Um, that starts from when? Um, when three boxes are interlaced in it. So it seems very clear from the Mishnah that there we have the word Misargin. And it's a reference to making um, boxes, which would obviously mean the ropes being interlaced both lengthwise and crosswise. So you see very clearly that the Mishnah tells us what misargan means, and it does mean lengthwise and crosswise. So how can you tell me that it only means doing it one way? Ella, um, rather, it must be. When Ravin came to Babylonia from Israel, he said... Regarding the word Masargan, everyone agrees, no one argues, that it means both lengthwise and crosswise. Where is the argument? The argument is, is what does Mematchen mean? One holds that Mematchen means putting the ropes of the bed lengthwise without weaving them crosswise. One holds that if the ropes of the bed were loosened, then they can be tightened. Okay, Mesve, but now we're going to ask on this um, from a Brysa. Misargin Samita, the Brysa says that we can interlace supports of the bed. And it goes without saying that we also can do Mematchen. These words of Remer, Biosin, Rebiosi says, Mematchen, you're allowed to do Mematchen. Avlo Masargin, but you can't do Masargin. And some say, you're not allowed to do Mematchen at all. Okay, so this brisa all makes sense according to the one who says the mamadchen means putting the ropes of the bed lengthwise without crosswise. Because then we can understand why you have this opinion of the some say that you're not allowed to do mamadchen at all. Um, Um, it's understandable why that what this Yesh Omer is telling us, what this opinion is saying. Um, 
it's disagreeing with the other opinions and saying that you cannot do mamadchen, which would mean placing the ropes of the bread lengthwise without crosswise. But according to the one who says that mamadchen means that if the ropes of the bread which loosen, you're allowed to tighten them. Is it possible that according to the opinion of the some say, tightening the ropes would be forbidden? That doesn't seem to make much sense. In. So we answer yes. It's possible that even tightening the ropes is forbidden. Given the because since it's possible to fill in the these depressions in the bed with garments, so you can still lay on the bed, we'd say you cannot exert yourself on Chalamoy to tighten the ropes. So it still would work out. Okay. Let's go on to the next Mishnah. You can set up an oven or a stove or a millstone on Chalamoid. Rabbi You're not allowed to gouge the millstones initially. Can't do an initial gouge into the millstones. Now, obviously, the question is, what does this mean? What does this mean, gouging? Rabbi means cutting grooves in the millstone in order so that the millstone works well, right? And a millstone is one stone on top of another, smaller one on top of a larger one. You'd have to put a grooves in in order to get them to mill well. Rabbi Chil says it means making the eye hole, making the, the basain or the eye hole or the opening that you put the grain into. Um, and that you're not allowed to do, according to Rabbi Huda. So now we're going to question Rabbi Chil's explanation of making the eye hole. Meisvei, they challenge Rabbi Chil's explanation. You said that um, the Brisa says that you can set up an oven or a stove or millstones on Cholamoid. Provided that one does not complete their malacha, meaning does not complete their work, meaning you have to be left incomplete in some way. Okay? Um, and the reason for that would be is um, to indicate that it's still Cholamoid. Where the, where there are certain labors that are forbidden, and there you know in reality this labor potentially should have been forbidden. We're allowing it for the sake of what's necessary for chal hamoy. You have to show very clearly. You have to make it a little bit different. So let's see meisve. So 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 um, that's the, what the brisa says. Diver rebelazer. Those words of rebelazer. Vachamarim and the sages say, af yigmar. You can even complete their work. Rabbi Huda Omer Mishmar Buddha says in the name of Rabbi Lazar's name, You can set up a new millstone and gouge an old one. So you can set up a new one, but you can't gouge it. But if you have a new one that's already set up and you need to kind of re-gouge it, you can. And some say you can't gouge a millstone at all, even an old one. Now let's see what happens here. Now this all makes sense according to the one who says... That when Rabbi Huda says the word mechabshin in the Mishnah, it means cutting grooves into the millstone. That's where you would find it necessary to do in the case of an old one. Meaning, if you understand mechabshin means uh, making a gouging it, making a new crevice, then that makes sense. After being used a lot, um, you could imagine that the gouge being flattened out, and now you have to make a new one. But yeshana basena lamala. But where do you have an old millstone that needs a new eye hole? If it's been previously used, it already has an eye hole. So our answer is Kagonda Kabaila Arvuche Tve Porta. Bichil have to explain that what we're referring to is where you need to widen the existing eye hole a little bit more. Okay? Rabhuna heard a certain person 
cutting grooves in a millstone cholamoy. Amar Manhai, Ravuna said, Who is this person that's doing this? Ischa itachel itachel gufei de kamachel chula de mayadam. May his body be desecrated because he desecrates cholamoy. Sabralaki Yeshomrim, which obviously means that Ravuna holds like the Yesh Omrim, the some say opinion of the Brisa that said you're not allowed to gouge only any millstone on cholamoy. Okay? expounded in a public lecture. You can cut grooves in a millstone. Even in the case of a horse that one rides on, or a donkey that one rides on, you can trim their hooves on chol hamoid. Right, so this is in order even though trimming hooves is one of the forbidden labors, because um, you'll need it for travel on Chol HaMoed, you're allowed to do it on Chol HaMoed. Okay, now we're going to go to 10b, Yodam Abez, but you're the hooves of a mill donkey, right? That you're not, you're not allowed to, the one that turns the mill, you're not allowed to trim their hooves, okay? Okay. Uh, and the idea basically is, is that because the donkey can grind the small amount of wheat needed for the festival um, without having his hooves trimmed, you have to leave them untrimmed. Rabbi Yehuda ruled that it's allowed to trim the hooves of a mill donkey. To set up a pair of millstones. To even build a mill. To build the frame of the mill. To build a barn. You're allowed to do all of those things. Um, furthermore, um, Rav Shara Lisaruke Sosio, Rav ruled it permissible to um, basically comb a horse's hair with a metal comb, Ulamivne Arkapita, and to build a Arkapita, which is some sort of manger, Ulamivne Itstava, and to build a stone bench on Cholamoid, you're allowed to do all these things. Okay? Um, just by the way, the reason you'd be allowed to, to comb a horse's hair on Cholamoid, um, even though in general we would say that you'd be worried about uprooting hairs from the animal, which is a forbidden labor, here you're allowed to do it because you're going to be riding this horse on Cholmoid, and the horse needs to look presentable, so it's a, considered a need for Cholmoid. Okay? Um, and further, all these things are somehow considered festival needs. Um, now we're going to cite eight rulings by Rava that have to do with Cholmoid. So, um, so we'll try to go through this as um, quickly as possible. Um, so uh, so let's let's um, let's focus. Rava Rabbi said you're allowed to let the blood of an animal chamoy. It used to be they would let the blood of people and animals in order to kind of um, allow them to kind of excrete the unhealthy blood that they had. It was a medical. It was some sort of medical process, and we're saying that we allowed an ant that you to blood bloodlet from it for an animal on chol hamoid, and the idea is is that it saves the loss of the animal, or perhaps to alleviate the animal's suffering. says We have a brisa that supports you. You can let the blood of an animal on chol hamoid, and we also don't withhold medical treatment from an animal on chol hamoid, even though the in general these are forbidden labors. Rubber ruled it permissible to press clothes on Chol Hamoid. 
My time, I know what's the reason that this is permitted. My sahedidu, because this type of pressing is considered not in my sa'uma, not the work of a craftsman, but rather the work of an amateur, which is allowed on Cholamoid. Rav Yitzchak Bar Ami, Omar Rav Rav Yitzchak Bar Ami says... And just by the way, in the case of the pressing, it has to be that you're going to be using that clothes for Cholamoid or for the Yom Tiv. Pleading a sleeve that you're not allowed to do in Cholamoid, because pleading a sleeve is considered uh, my time. What's the reason for this? I'm sorry. My who it's the work of a craftsman, and that you're not allowed to do for on Cholamoid, even if it's for the sake of the festival. says, when it comes to a person who removes obstacles from the land on Cholamoid, so basically you have mounds of dirt, and you get rid of those mounds of dirt on Cholamoid, the law is, is as follows, if you're digging the ground with the intention of making a threshing floor in order to thresh grain on Cholamoid, then it's allowed because it's considered a necessity for the festival. But if you're digging the ground with the intention of improving the land, Usher, then it's prohibited because it is um, not for an immediate festival you need. Now, the question is, is what is the case? How do we know if you're doing it for threshing or you're doing it for cultivation? So we answer, if you dig in a mound um, and you put the dirt on a mound, or if you dig in a hole and you put the dirt in a hole, then it's very clear that you're doing it for a threshing floor. The idea being, um, right, so basically if you took dirt from the top of a mound and you placed it next to what remains of the mound, so which basically means you now have a level lower and a wider mound, then the reason you would be doing this seemingly is in order to thresh wheat and you only need a small amount of room because you're only threshing the enough wheat for the festival itself. But if you're doing but if you took a mound and threw the dirt into a hole, so in other words, just smoothing out a very you know a large area of land, a to the ara, then it appears that he worked with the ground with the intention of proving the land, improving the land for cultivation, and that would be prohibited. says, concerning a person who is Zache Zichi. He clears debris from land on Cholamoid. If he's clearing it to in order to gather wood for fuel, right? So in other words, he's taking out, he's clearing like twigs from the land on Cholmoyed. If he's doing it to gather fuel, sorry, then it's allowed because it's for the, it's a necessity for the festival. But if he does it with the intention of improving the land for cultivation, also that's prohibited. How do we know what his intentions are? If he takes only the large twigs and leaves the small ones, you know that he's doing it for firewood. But if he takes both his large and small ones, then you know that he's doing it with the intention of cultivating land, which is prohibited. If a person opens a gate for water, to run into his land on Cholhamoid, Adai to the Chavri, if he does so with the intention of catching fish, to get the fish and the water to come into the land and then be able to catch it easily, Shari, then it's allowed. But, Adai to the Arab, if he does it with the intention of irrigating the land, Aster, then it's prohibited. Hey, Chidami, what is, what is the case? Meaning, how do we know what his intentions are? So he say, Pasach Chaybavi, if you open two gates for the water, Chad Me'ilai V'chami Tatai, one of the higher elevation. And one of the lower elevation, a to the chavri, then we see that he's doing it with the intention of catching fish. Um, right. So basically, the idea is is that 
is that he has kind of two almost areas of water. And by doing this, what he's doing is, is he has letting water into the area on top. He's letting that drain out into the field lower down, leaving the fish behind in that area up top. That's basically what he's doing. But if he pass a chabav, but he opened only one gate, which would then not allow the fish to remain, then a daitadar, then he's, it's obvious that he's doing it with the intention of irrigating the land, and it's forbidden. Rava says, person removes branches from a palm tree on Chalamoid. A daitad chavsov, he's doing it with the intention of getting food for his animal, shari, then it's allowed. A daitad diklav, he does it with the intention of improving the palm tree, also it's prohibited. Hey, chidami, again, what is the case? That is, how do we know what his intentions are? If you took all the branches from one side of the tree, a daitad chavsov, then we know that he's doing it with the intention of getting food for the animals. Right, meaning, if he's taking from one side without being more discriminate about what it is that he's taking, we know he's doing it for the animals, because then presumably he's taking both the dried, the dead, the dead, the dead branches and the living branches. Um, however, however, mehagis um, and um, if he's taking branches from this side and from that side, meaning it seems he's kind of choosing, being more discriminate. Um, a dieted dikla, then it's clear that he's doing it with the intention of improving the tree, and it's aser, ve aser, and it's prohibited. Kind of tissue, ve Rava Rava says, Hani tuchlani. When it comes to unripe dapes, migzerin hushari, cutting them in two is permitted. Metsinhu uh, aser, pressing them under weights is prohibited. So, what is this about? So, what we're saying is, is that. When you cut it open, when you cut them in two, then it's permitted because it's very clear you're doing it to eat them. And that's obviously a festival need. Um, but if you're putting weights on top of them, then it's clear that you're trying to dry these dates out. And then that's not, um, that's for post-festival use, okay? Um, now, this is, there's an, uh, a, 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 a dissenting view. Papa Amr Papa says, Kivin the Masli, since they are likely, since these dates are likely to become wormy if they're not first pressed out, then it's like a case of merchandise that will be lost, meaning you want this for after the holiday, and we know that if you need something after the holiday and it's going to be something that is going to be lost, you're allowed to do it. So therefore we say you're allowed to press it now because if not, worms will immediately come in. And you will have, you will suffer that loss, and that you don't have to suffer, and instead can do forbidden labors or labors that would otherwise be forbidden on Chalamoy. Vi'omar Rava Rava says, now that we're talking about a business a business loss that you're allowed to do on Chalamoy, um, we're going to talk a little bit more about that. Vi'omar Rava Rava says, per any amount of merchandising, buying and selling is actually prohibited on Chalamoy. But Amar Rabbi Yosi Baravan Rabbi Baravan says, but in the case of something that will be lost, it is permitted. Ravina Havalehu Iska, so on that topic, Ravina had certain merchandise, the Hava Mizdabe Bishisalfe, that was selling a Chalamoy for 6,000 Zuz, Shahaye Lizabune Basar Chodemoya, yet he waited to sell it until after Chalamoy Vizabne Bishisalfe, and he sold it for 12,000 Zuz. It's a beautiful story. Somebody waited and um, was rewarded for that. Um, Ravina had a monetary claim against the people of the area of Shanvasa. And he came before Ravashi, Amarle, and he said to him, What is the law 
regarding the permissibility of going today on Cholmoy to ask them for payment. Am I allowed to go ahead and do that? Omar Le, he said to him, Since today you can find them, and another day may not be so easy to find these people. It's like a case of merchandise that will otherwise be lost. Vishari and it is permitted. Okay, we're going to stop here for today. Um, we made it through the daf. Have a wonderful day.